attention, please. This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. Tune into The Drive 3 until 6 p.m. weekdays on the Sports Hub. I love it. It's brilliant. With the NBA playoffs set to begin this weekend, let me just go ahead and throw it out there. The Golden State Warriors are not going to win the NBA Finals. Now, I'm not just doing the hot take thing, being the guy in the media who said the thing. I actually believe this, and I have facts to back it up, or at least opinions to back up what I believe here, based off what I've seen during the entire regular season. A lot of people just check in on, NBA basketball season this time of year. They just assume, hey, this team was great last year. A lot of those same guys are back. It's all going to work out again because that's how the NBA works. And most seasons, you might be correct. The NBA is not that predictable. It's very exciting when you get to the postseason because the best teams generally advance. You get drama that builds as the postseason goes on. But I believe this this postseason's different. If you are operating under the assumption Golden State's just going to walk through everybody again. Here are the three major red flags I have with the Warriors. Number one, they have more talent pound for pound. But the results have actually been lesser this season. Sure, they only have one less regular season win. But there was a lot more turmoil as the season went on. Remember early on in the year in Los Angeles, Draymond Green having to be separated from Kevin Durant all throughout the year? The discussion centering on Kevin Durant, what he's going to do this summer. That's created some drama. And even though there was a very dominant stretch with DeMarcus Cousins being introduced to the lineup in January or uh, or early February, I don't think that dispels what I'm saying here. More talent... Less results for Golden State this season. Second point. Even though they have more talent, pound for pound, they have less depth. You have DeMarcus Cousins, and that's good. You have Jonas Jarepko, and that's fine. But it's those two added at the subtraction of JaVale McGee, McCall, Zaza, no, no David West around bodies that played at least 12, 13, 14 minutes in games each year. And if you add all that together, I think that matters when you get to the postseason. So it's a team that is doing less with more talent. It's a team that has more talent but less depth. So not a deep bench. Lastly, that Kevin Durant guy. I believe he's leaving. I don't have any hard evidence that this is going to happen for sure, but There's a lot of NBA insiders that do. I'd say probably 90 to 95% of basketball insiders believe that Kevin Durant's going to become a New York Knick, and if it's not a New York Knick, it's going to be somebody else not named the Golden State Warriors. Now, answer this question for me. When was the last time a superstar player, an MVP, a finals MVP, knew he was going to be leaving to go elsewhere and still won the finals anyway? LeBron James in 2014, he was on his way out to go back to Cleveland. Didn't win the finals. They were favored against the San Antonio Spurs, lost in five games. 
LeBron James last year before he left to Miami flamed out against the Boston Celtics, I think, of the second round of that playoffs. That was one of LeBron's best statistical seasons ever, his last year in the first tour of duty with Cleveland. Think about it. There aren't many examples of somebody winning the finals with one of their best players being somebody who has a foot out the door. So those three things, they're all red flags to me. And I think the talent in the NBA, comparatively to the last three or four years, has elevated. So there's going to be more competition for Golden State this time around. More talent, less results. More talent, pound for pound, less depth. A shorter bench. And what's going on with KD leads me to believe that the Warriors are going to get knocked off in the playoffs. There's only two teams I think that can beat them, though. The two teams that have the roster makeup to pull off the upset in a best-of-seven series in the Western Conference, the Houston Rockets. A team with Daryl Morey, the mastermind, who's put together and devised a roster specifically designed to defuse Golden State and should have done so last year if they hit just a couple threes in Game 7 or had Chris Paul healthy in Games 6 and 7. They had the blueprint. They nearly did it a year ago. Houston has the best basketball player in the NBA, or at least in the Western Conference this year, in James Harden. Usually, the team with the best player wins the series. Probably about 85% of the time that happens. So Houston has the makeup to do so. The Milwaukee Bucks are the other team. Giannis is the MVP this year. Giannis is the most overwhelming interior player we've seen in the NBA probably since Shaq. And he has a bunch of shooters around him. He has the NBA coach of the year, in my estimation, coach of the team and coach Budenholzer. I think Milwaukee is going to be the team to beat Golden State. Houston's going to get close, but I think Golden State will find a way because of the scare of last season. The Milwaukee Bucks are going to beat the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. That's right, Golden State not going to win it all, and it's going to be Milwaukee and the crowning moment of Giannis Antetokounmpo this year in the postseason. 336-777-1600, what do you see happening in the NBA playoffs? 777-1600 on Twitter, at Sports Hub Triad, Desmond Johnson taking your calls. As the producer of this show, Mike Maniscalco will join us in just a little bit. Ringside reporter for the Carolina Hurricanes for Fox Sports Carolinas. He's in D.C. after the Hurricanes lost game one to the Capitals. Yes, Des. Uh, for starters, uh, the closest player I could think of for your scenario when you started out would probably be Michael Jordan in 98 with the Bulls. Like, they knew that was their farewell season. They knew they were basically going to be shipped off after it was over and uh, Reinsdorf wasn't going to resign anybody. So that's kind of, but Jordan didn't know if he was going to continue to play. I think he took a year off before he showed up with the Wizards. So it's a good example you bring up. Here's the biggest difference, though. KD's foot out the door is to go somewhere else. MJ's foot out the door is their viewpoint was this is our last chance to do it all together. Right, and they KD has they the option together. where yeah. he could stay together if he wants to. He could keep everything together if he wanted to at Golden State. I don't believe he wants to. As for the 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 re- well. Depends on if they decide to keep Draymond. I think if, if they choose between Draymond and KD, that might change Durant's opinion on staying in Golden State. And if I'm Golden State, who do you pick I think between KD's Durant and Draymond just Green? Sick. I think KD's just sick of the way he's being perceived. He looks at it as LeBron James, when he got into the league, was seen to be the next guy. 
and then he became the guy. Kobe retired, and it was LeBron's league. KD won the MVP, and we all thought, oh, there's going to be a segment, a segment of the NBA for a three, four-year stretch where it could be KD's league, but he gave those years to the Golden State Warriors, and he's not getting the credit for it. He now he sees, now yeah. he sees Giannis potentially as that next guy in Milwaukee. So if Kevin Durant ever wants to be viewed as the guy in the NBA, and I think he does, he can't do it at Golden State. So I feel like Golden State would love to have him if they have the option. Of course, if it's between Draymond Green and KD, of course you want KD back. I don't think KD wants to be second fiddle. I don't think KD wants to do all this winning without getting any of the credit. Now, as for your second thing in terms of who you think could take on Golden State, honestly, I, I'm looking at the, the Eastern Conference. I feel pretty good about any of their top four seeds up against Golden State in a seven-game series. Mm. And a lot of that has to do with the one thing that nobody mentions when it comes to the Golden State Warriors. They have played more games over the past four seasons than any other team there is. They've literally played a full season extra more than everybody else. And that is why I highlight the depth. You have more talent. You have a thinner bench. Right. More talent, pound for pound, thinner bench. And also, you've produced less results already with more talent. And that leads me to believe the chemistry is a little off. And the chemistry really matters. You bring up the rest of the Eastern Conference. I pick against drama. That's what I do. Neither the Celtics nor the Sixers are going to advance past the second round. The Sixers, it's a situation where they've been limping to the finish. They only won 50 games this year, which surprised me. It's wrong, but what Brett they did Brown, last year. Brett Brown, not a great coach. Never been a fan of Brett Brown. And on top of that, are we sure Joel Embiid's right? That right. knee that's Healthy. going on, there's a chance that he could miss game one. There's a slight chance he could miss game one. That concerns me a little bit with his injury background. Plus, something's been off with Ben Simmons, too in the final 30 games of the season. So I'm not in on that. I've never been the biggest Jimmy Butler fan. There's a lot of talent, but just because you have a lot of talent doesn't mean you're going to advance far. Just ask the Boston Celtics. I look at that situation, and somehow the Celtics have been worse with Gordon Hayward healthy and Kyrie Irving on the roster. Sometimes things just don't mix well. Drama, pick against it. Pick against drama. I'd rather have good chemistry and less talent than more talent and bad chemistry. That's what we're learning with the Boston Celtics. So I can't pick them to advance far. I can't do the same thing with the 76ers. The Raptors is interesting, but we'll see. What, like I was talking about with Kevin Durant, what's going to happen with Kawhi Leonard? I don't quite know for sure, but I love the makeup of that roster. I have them going to the Eastern Conference Finals and losing out to the Milwaukee Bucks, who I, seem, I just see to be a beautiful blend of chemistry, talent, transcendent talent, I should add. Great coaching, too. I really like Milwaukee. And when you get to the finals, I I would love to see the matchup of Giannis versus KD because I feel like there are few people in the league that can match up with KD defensively. Giannis is one of those people. I, I would say don't be surprised if you see the Oklahoma City Thunder get farther than you expect them to in these NBA playoffs. They're actually kind of built for a playoff-type scenario. And I like the tandem of Paul George and Russell Westbrook. I didn't think it was going to work, but they've made it work this year to the point where he's Westbrook has elevated Paul George to an MVP candidate. Okay. I never would have said that okay, before. OKC neither has Golden State nor Houston on their side of the bracket, right. which means you're going to have OKC or 
I'm trying to think who it's, else potentially could go to that to fi- uh, to the conference finals well, in that Den- side. Denver, Denver would of be course, the logical choice, yeah. But. Denver or Oklahoma City very well could end up in the conference finals. And Portland's the three seed in the West, which sounds kind of funny. Portland too. But Damian they could, Lillard, they could do it. You they're going to have him. an All NBA year. Yeah. He's going to have an All NBA season. I'm geeked. I, I think it's going to be a fun NBA playoffs. I just I don't think it's going to happen the way everyone expects it to, where it's just Golden State versus everybody because we've been seeing that the past three years. I, I totally agree with your stance on Golden State. I've been on it all year. I don't think they're going to make it to the NBA Finals just off of sheer just aside tread from on the Houston, tires. Houston, though, who can beat them in the West? I see nobody who can do it. It well, I mean, Golden State. Golden State is the team that can beat Golden State in the West. I mean, they're, if they lose a seven-game series, it's going to be because of all the problems you laid out, all of them coming back out to roost. Like the, they kind of remind me of the 2004 Los Angeles Lakers, the, the one that had the old Gary Payton and the old Carl Malone. They were right. built as a super team, got all the way to the finals, and then got blanked by the Detroit Pistons for nothing, and nobody saw it coming. I could see something like that happening to this Golden State team before it's all said and done just for being just tired for the past three years. Up next, the Carolina Panthers make a move. And what will that mean for their NFL draft strategy? Keep it here on The Drive. What is going on? What is going on? Talk. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham. The The Sports Sports Hub at AM 600, AM 920. The Carolina Hurricanes trail a best-of-seven series with the Washington Capitals one game to nothing. 3-2 to two final last night, the Capitals over the Canes. Let's go out to our nation's capital. The Hurricanes will be facing the Capitals again tomorrow. It's an afternoon puck drop. It will not be on Fox Sports Carolinas. So you can catch it on NBC proper network television for the Hurricanes tomorrow afternoon. Mike Maniscalco. Will not be on the call tomorrow, but you can expect him again Monday when the Hurricanes have their first playoff game in the state of North Carolina in 10 years Monday night at PNC Arena. Mike, good to have you on the show. I'm wondering, what are you doing on the off day in D.C.? Uh, Right now, just uh, going back from practice to our team hotel with Shane Willis, 20-goal scorer for the Carolina Hurricanes in his rookie year. Chip Tracy and also Adam Holtzman, who produces your Hurricanes live show that you can watch on Monday. Getting excited for the Canes game on Fox Sports Carolina. I'm not a believer that every single game, whether you're talking about the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, the NHL, it has to mean something in terms of defining what a team is or isn't. But what do you take away in terms of what we learned about the Canes last night, if anything? They need to stay out of the penalty box against the Washington Capitals, Josh, period. That's it. That's a that's a very concise brief answer. I'm a, I'm a fan I mean, of it. I mean, that's like if you if you ask what we learned, that's what we learned from last night's game for the Carolina Hurricanes. Everything else is what we already knew. They're good five on five. They were actually better than the Caps five on five. That game came down to the Caps go two for four on the power play, and the Carolina Hurricanes did not score on theirs. And, and that's it. That honestly was the, the big difference. So I could give you a succinct answer. I could. Expound upon it if you wish, but really, that's it. Andrei Svechnikov is a teenager, and he was chipping, uh, chirping and jabbing at Alex Ovechkin in the third period right before he scored a goal. He had two goals in his first playoff game. Based off what you saw last night and all throughout this year, what what kind of player can Svech be in this sport? Uh, he can be a guy who can take it over. He's dynamic. He is, uh, as Rod Brindamore said today, he's a guy who doesn't know how good he is right now and how good he's going to be. But once he figures it all out, Andrei Svechnikov is a game-breaker. And, look, he needed that game last night. The Hurricanes needed somebody to step up 
and he just did that, and he's got this dynamic ability, Josh, to be a power forward, an old-school power forward in the NHL. He can bull his way to the front of the net. He creates space for himself. He's got a fantastic shot that he's starting to get a little bit more confidence in right now. And quite simply put, uh, he's a guy who every single game, he learns something that he can do, and that makes him more dangerous as a hockey player. I mean, the ceiling for him, to quote Michael Jordan, is the roof, but I'm also going to go, it's much more much more than that. The sky is the limit for what he can turn into. Carolina Hurricanes rinkside reporter Mike Maniscalco with us from Fox Sports Carolinas. Follow him on Twitter at Mike Maniscalco. He's in D.C. right now. The Hurricanes on NBC tomorrow will be facing the Capitals in Game 2. Speaking of Rob Brindamore, I like some of the decisions he made in the third period, shaking up the lines a little bit. It looked like it gave the Hurricanes a little bit of extra jump. Should Rob Brindamore, considering the fact he brought this team to the playoffs in his first year as a head coach, should he be in the running for the Jack Adams Award, which is awarded to the league's best coach? Oh, absolutely. When you take a look at what he did with this roster, and if you take all things being even and considered, you know, this is one of the lowest payrolls in the National Hockey League, and it was a team that had a whole bunch of new pieces that came into play. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind. And the big reason why, Josh, he's never come off of his message the entire year. This is what he believed the team was going to be in. He stressed it to the team, and they never came off of it. And then you saw the dividends the second half of the year. So if he's not one of the three finalists in Las Vegas for the Jack Adams Award, I think that that would be a crime. But, uh, you know, the NHL, it's, it's funny who votes on these awards, and that's a broadcaster's award. But for me, Rod's done enough to be one of the three finalists for the coach of the year in the NHL. He totally deserves it. And, you know, he the best part about him, he doesn't coach. He says, I'm not a coach. I'm a guy who looks at it and looks at the game as, as how I looked at it as a player. And his team really rallies around what he does. They react to what he does. And considering he's done everything that you can possibly want to do in this game, he holds a lot of water for this team and he pushes the right button. So we'll see if he gets there. But if I had a vote, I would definitely put him in, in the top three for coach of the year. We will be doing our show from Raleigh Monday and we will be at game three, Hurricanes Capitals, the first playoff game in the state of North Carolina in 10 years for the Hurricanes. What do you imagine that building's going to look like when this team returns Monday night? Uh, it's going to be it's going to be just absolutely electric. It's an atmosphere that uh, the Canes fans have waited. As you mentioned, it's been nine seasons. If they would have missed this year, it would have been ten without the postseason. They're going to be absolutely hanging from the rafters for this game. I expect it to be just one of the most electric atmospheres for any game. Uh, that we've seen in Carolina in quite some time, you know, save Game 7 in 2006 for the Stanley Cup Final. But, you know, they're waiting for it, and I don't think it matters what the result is in Game 2 tomorrow in D.C. Everybody's waiting for this. They're excited for it, and I can't wait to see what that what that atmosphere is going to be like. There are a few people in the sports media who have as good of a pulse as I think you have on what this franchise has been through the last 10 years, Mike. Mike Maniscalco, the ringside reporter for Fox Sports Carolinas, who before that, I mean, you did call-in shows. You, you talked to more fans than I think anybody in the media has because you used to do those shows out on the concourse. You got the immediate reaction from fans when you do shows of that sort. So I wonder, when the Canes clinched that Thursday night a few weeks ago, what, what image sticks out to you considering what you've seen this franchise go through the last 10 years? Oh, for me, it was the image of uh, the players on the ice when they realized that they made it. I, you know, I'm right there on the bench when that happens. And, you know, just the, that sense of relief, but not accomplishment, that they, they got to what they wanted to do, which was make the postseason. That's the image that I'm, I'm carrying with me. The fans were, were great in how loud they were during the uh, interview I had with Peter Morazic 
when he was the first star. That sticks with me. But just to see the players and the joy that they had when they realized they were in the postseason, that's uh, that's the image I take with me. And you were also the one that told Rod Brindamore that, that the Canes were in. Yeah, no, it's uh, the perks of being able to get to certain spots in the arena. So uh, it was it was great. That's a moment that I'll cherish because, you know, Rod deserves all of the accolades. He is one of the best. Forget what he was as a hockey player and now as a coach because we all know he's great at that. He is a Hall of Fame person. He is just wonderful. And uh, for me to be able to be the guy to let him know that they got in was outstanding. Can you make sure that John Forsling guy gets some sleep? Uh, I do. I do my best as somebody who's been there and done that, you know, about the lack of sleep. Don't worry about John. He finds a way to, to catch Z's here and there. I don't know how, but he does. But uh, he'll be fine. All right, Mike. Thanks for doing this. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see you Monday night. You got it, Josh. Thank you. You got it. That's Mike Maniscalco. Follow him on Twitter at Mike Maniscalco, Fox Sports Carolinas. Come on! This is The Sports Hub at AM 600, AM 920. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham. We're going to give away a four-pack of tickets to Merle Fest momentarily. Des, while we're doing that, see if you can find me some Masters music that we dug up in recent days. Did our Masters take off to that music? It's just wonderful-sounding music. It's one of my favorite weekends of the year. It's one of the most underrated weekends of the year because March Madness has ended. We're all bummed out, but... The NHL playoffs have started. The NBA playoffs are here. And we've got the Masters to watch, too. So we'll get to a Masters update in a second. And I'll channel my Jim Nance in just a bit. But let's give away a four-pack of tickets for Merle Fest, which begins in about two weeks. My goodness, it's coming up. Seeing the likes of the Avett brothers, Brandy Carlisle. What is it, the Milk Carton Kids? Yeah. That's like the best name ever. Oh, I've never fantastic. heard their songs. Don't know what they look like. I have no idea know anything about the Milk Carton Kids, but it's the power of advertising that me and Des are talking about it right I, now. I want a t-shirt. Yes. Philip in advance is up first. Philip in advance. Someone actually came up to me from advance. You, you, you're saying the name of our town wrong. How are you saying it? I said advance rather than oh, advance. advance. So yeah. I apologize to <laughs> Philip and the town of advance. Philip, are you ready to go? I'm ready to go, man. The NBA playoffs are here, and you're going to Merle Fest with three people of your choosing if you can name a Los Angeles Clipper. A Clipper? Oh, my goodness. I wasn't even ready for that one. I'm sorry. Uh, Sorry, man. See you, buddy. Have a good weekend. Enjoy watching Clippers basketball. They're only going to be in there for four games, but they're in the playoffs nonetheless. I was running some of these past intern Aaron, and now intern Aaron is swaggering <laughs> really in, the, in the control room looking at me, really just is. giving me a deaf stare. I'm trying to think of an L.A. Clipper right now. Let's go to hmm, let's go to Rick and Winston. Rick, you're on the Sports Hub. I'm not going to ask you a, who a Clipper is, but Rick, are you ready to go? Oh, wait, we lost Rick. Let's go to Brandon and Walkertown. Brandon and Walkertown's up next. Brandon, are you ready to go? I'm ready. Name an Orlando Magic. Name an Orlando Magic. Current. Uh, Aaron Gordon. Ah! Ah, You got it! You got it! Brandon, you nailed it. Aaron Gordon is the reason you're going to Merle Fest 
with, uh, with you have four tickets. So, hey, it's good for one day. Pick, a, pick an artist you want to go see or pick a day that has a great lineup, and uh, you and three friends can get in free. I appreciate it, man. You're welcome, Brandon. So confident coming in there. So right before the segment began, to take you behind the curtain, I, I thought the more difficult one would be to name an Orlando Magic, but I deferred to intern Aaron who said, it's a Clipper, nobody can name a Clipper. And it turned out he was right. <laughs> but then again, I don't know for sure if Phillip would have gotten an Orlando Magic, but dude, Aaron Gordon is a pretty big deal. He jumped over a mascot and dunked a basketball midair underneath his own body. Like Who won the dunk contest this year? This year? Uh, Hamadou Diallo. He actually beat Zion Williamson in a dunk contest two years ago. So, got that to look forward to next year, if Zion declares for the... Draft. He tried you. Can you name a Los Angeles Clipper right now? A Los Angeles Clipper? Um, I was just saying, Aaron, I don't think I can name a Los Angeles Clipper. Uh, Does it it count if they were on the team at the beginning of the year? No. A a Clipper you're going to see. Yeah, I was. (laughs) A Clipper that's going to be playing Um, in the playoffs this year against the Golden State Warriors. Who plays for the Clippers? I mean, there's two or three that come right off the top of my head. Really? Yeah. Uh... All I can think of are former Clippers, a, one like Austin is Rivers. a he great ACC player who is from the state of North Carolina. They Price, play, they, man, no, because they play on the West Coast, yeah. and they're the other team in L.A. They were no a, fun, they were a fun watch this year. Ah. I loved watching the Clippers <laughs> play. I loved watching the Hawks play. Mm. They were a fun watch. Montrez Harrell, really? Harrell's been very good this year. He plays for the Clippers? Yeah. Oh, okay. Montrez Harrell? <laughs> Lou Williams? Ever heard of Lou? Lou Williams. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. What about Danilo Gallinari? Uh, Lou Williams is literally like the best sixth man in the league. Yeah. That's what he's famous for is yeah. the best bench player in the league. I, <laughs> and that's what you're going with for somebody should know. Doc Rivers? Who is playing on the Clippers? Doc, Doc Rivers is that's literally the, the, the most, most recognizable face. <laughs> Steve Ballmer's more recognizable than Doc is. Doc Rivers talks like his, his voice is ashy. <laughs> like his voice needs like cocoa butter. Is that true? Yeah, man. Can you, ever, can you pull me some you never, uh, Doc? Doc you, never heard, you never heard Doc Rivers talk before on a microphone? That's really good. We tried our best. We tried. We played hard. We played defense, but we, they just kept scoring on top of us. We didn't know how to stop them. I need some water, please. I, I'm dying over here. Doc Rivers. Do you have that master's music for me? I actually do. Thank you. <laughs> Get Doc a cocoa butter's lozenge. <laughs> Hello, friends. It is day two at the Masters. Augusta National. Looking plush and beautiful as it normally is this time of year. The azaleas are out. And even though it was a torrential downpour outside our triad studios, when I peek outside this very small window in the law offices of Timothy D. Wellborn Studio, I see sunlight. And you know where there's a lot of sunlight? Augusta National Golf Course, home of the Masters. Francisco Malinari, who won a major last year, the Italian, is leading the way right now with a tremendous round as he's still on the golf course. And right now, he actually, he's tied for first place. My apologies with Jason Day. They're both at seven under par. And get this, the craziness of the Masters. Brooks Kepka just hit a birdie. And he's at seven under two. It's a three-way tie for first place. Dustin Johnson, 
is fourth with six under par. And Justin Harding, not to be confused with former North Carolina great Justin Hardy, six under par as well, the South African in contention. At the Masters, only CBS. We're going to shake things up a bit. Brant Wilkerson New will join us in about 20 minutes in studio. Greensboro News and Records, ACC writer. Des, you can kill the AC, the uh, the Masters music now. It's a little bit much. Stan Cotton is going to join us in about five minutes. He's one of our favorites to catch up with on a lot of topics, including college basketball. Why is the Masters music still playing right now? There you go. But he also was in the headlines himself yesterday, which I have to imagine is an awkward thing. It's not for negative reasons. Usually when broadcasters are in the headlines, it's either the most positive thing possible or the worst. We learned that with Chris Kroger, voice of the Hornets, not too long ago, who's no longer the voice of the Hornets for reasons we still don't know. But Stan Cotton is one of the best broadcasters you're going to find here in the state. And we learned across all of college sports yesterday as he is set to receive the Lindsey Nelson Award, which is given annually to an outstanding broadcaster who has helped advance the game of college football. It's going to be presented in the Knoxville Touchdown Club this weekend at the East Tennessee chapter of the National Football Foundation and College Football Hall of Fame brunch. He is a Knoxville native, a Tennessee guy, aside from the fact he's been at Wake the last 22 years and loves the Deeks more than anybody I know. Stan Cotton's one of our favorites, and we like seeing good things happen to good people. We'll talk to him about the prestigious award he was. Uh, he has been honored with that announcement coming yesterday. And we'll also talk to him about basketball and Clint Eastwood and Star Wars. Next. One, two, three, here we go. Ow. This is The Sports Hub at AM 600, AM 920. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham. Grant Wilkerson New, ACC reporter for the Greensboro News and Record, in with us now. Crime Mob is playing. Our intern Aaron is acting a fool in the control room. That's what this song does, I think, Brant. This is a nice tribute to our good friend Rod Baxley. Fayetteville Observer, this is his song. At the ACC Tournament Championship, I went up to the DJ and said... You should play Crime Mob's Nuck If You Buck. He said he didn't have it. I said, I understand that, but if you played it at some point during the game, that would be a good thing. Just trust me. How do, right how are you before a DGA without knucking, Nuck If You Buck in your lineup? Excellent question. I don't have the answer for you. Like, but right before opening tip-off, Florida State-Duke ACC Championship game, Nuck If You Buck is the last music that played before the ball went up in the air. Great move. Good call. They're too busy gentrifying swag surfing. I'll put that completely aside. And we need to... Actually, you know what? We need to focus on Brant. Because Brant Wilkerson knew was in studio. Or actually, you were at Kickback Jack's restaurant with us. And you looked at my bracket and said, Stop, Syracuse. Stop, Syracuse is going to beat Baylor. That's going to happen in the first round. That, that's wrong. We need to do a bet. How about the loser drinks a 40? 
not just drinks a 40, chugs a 40. Chugs a 40. And I, you know, I made this bet um, feeling very good because it's Syracuse and it's March and Jim Beheim does not let me down in March. And he, there's a he particular... He will let you down a so, lot of other times. So but. here's the ways that Brant Wilkerson knew let us down after losing that bet. I go to his place. He has a 40, but it's not a 40 of Schlitz, they which so- is what we agreed upon. They were sold out. Okay, wait, okay, all right, all right. L- let me stop right there. I got uh, Old English. <laughs> the black delegation would like to cut in here and explain what went wrong on this bet. There was a couple things that we noticed in your Twitter video that uh, had us a bit appalled, I think you would say. It's a two-minute uh, you know. vi- uh, Twitter video. One shining moment's playing as Brant <laughs> tries to chug. It was not a shining it, moment. No, it was it not. Was a 40 opposite. of Old English. For, okay, so for starters, where you went wrong, you got a bottle of Old English. You were supposed to get Schlitz. You said that Schlitz was not available. It was not available, and I went to a store in an area that would have had it <laughs> near my house. <laughs> I did not. I did not go out all the way to where my mother lives. They're thinking you got it from like Whole Foods or someplace like that. We're yeah, like, we did not gonna, go to Whole Foods because like, then the bottle was plastic. We're like, how did you get a plastic forty of Old English? It was a plastic bottle of Old English. So it was like a forty-four it was ounce. Disgusting. It tasted like just a jar of pennies. <laughs> Would you like to tell the people who haven't seen the video what transpired when you tried to drink the forty? Um, I got about a quarter of the way through it before I, uh, you know, I, I got a little ambitious. I had already – so what had happened is I had a really good workout. <laughs> See, what happened, what happened was, was – well, yeah. I had a great workout, uh, drank a couple of beers, waiting waiting for my good friends to come over and watch basketball. And um, – huh. I'm one of his good friends. Oh, and, yeah, uh, that's really sweet. I shouldn't have done that. I, I was a little heavy in the stomach when, when the Old English hit me. Invite that, me or drink the Old English. That was number two that I was going to bring up. If you're going to have a 40-night, gentlemen – it has to be just 40s. You yeah. can't mix it with beer. You can't put liquor in there. Yeah, it's a rookie you, move. You got to go straight. Whatever 40 you're drinking, you need about two, three of them, and you just go from there. That, yeah. You can't, can't drink something ahead of time. See, what I, I messed up, I had a shower beer after my run, oh, and oh, then wait, 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 I a had a, a, a shower beer. A shower beer? Yeah. You don't know beer that you drank in the shower, Des. You ever done it before? That's one of those cultural divide things. <laughs> Are you saying that, that's white folk stuff? I've never once in my life even thought of doing there that before. There is a divide <laughs> racially in this show. We are separated in more ways than one. Shower beer. We are separated by some glass. You guys are in a separate room. You and intern Aaron and me and Brant. We, we represent white privilege in the way of shower, shower beers. beers and plastic 40s. <laughs> or, I mean, shower. Is there anything better than a shower beer? After I've never a had a shower I've beer. I've never had a shower what? beer before. I've, I've never had one. People. I've never in my life even ECU. heard of you a shower beer. People have beers everywhere. 336 777 1600. Have you ever had a shower beer? 777 1600. Don't you dare use my college as ammunition against me. <laughs> you did go to ECU. I did. East Carolina, by the way, won best college bar sup dogs. Ah. One best college bar last night over Penn State's Champs Bar. So the best college bar nationally, they won the national championship on online. How, how did you go to ECU and never take a shower beer? How'd you go through forty-one years of life without having a shower beer? I, I mean, I've never done. I've I've known people to do it. I grew up in Kernersville, but I've never wanted. I've never had an urge to do it myself. There's a lot of things that people do in the shower that I just never care to have done in the shower. There are. Yes. I don't care to outline all of them. <laughs> Thank you. Don't care to do that. <laughs> That's okay. Right. You, you, you can use your imagination. Sh- a shower beer 
just never something that interests me. Yes, I don't sure. want to. I don't well, want the chance of having water enter my beverage. I did I have something no I had in never done in the shower yesterday. Do we want to know? I ate a piece of ham. What? <laughs> Excuse How me. How does that even work? I have, hold on, sir. Everyone, calm down. Okay, everybody, calm down. I have a lot of questions. <laughs> Eating ham. What kind of ham? Are we talking deli ham or Thanksgiving dinner ham? I So I was in a bit of a hurry after cutting the grass, and I was going to the Durham Bulls game. So I come directly from the kitchen as I'm hurrying into the shower, and I'm going to die if I do not eat something, <laughs> probably. So I've just got kind of a piece of ham that I'm shoving into my mouth as I get into the shower. Still not telling me what kind of ham. Oh, it's just yeah, a like cooked a, deli ham. Okay. Yeah, like sandwich uh, ham? Smithfield sandwich ham. Mm. Delicious. Did it get wet? Apparently so. I mean, it's going to get wet in your mouth. No, he meant like... Did it get wet in terms of... Shower wet. Shower. Shower water (laughs) getting on your ham. Yes, probably. He said that didn't matter. My first first thought was That's moist ham. Brandon has a refrigerator in his bathroom. Or he's going to have one before this is over. I mean, maybe you should like a little mini fridge. Yeah, that would be great. No, no, I I walked from the kitchen to the bathroom with my ham. (laughs) This hopped in the shower. This is really a lot. It's a lot to digest. Shower beer, shower ham. Planned? Who knows what's next? Did you plan this or just kind of worked out? No, it was just it was spur of the moment. I was I was in a big hurry. How often do you have snacks in the shower? I think that might be the first time I've ever had a snack in the shower. Will you do it again? The tradition of drinking beers in the shower for me really started during my freshman year where we all had showers kind of in the dorm. And several of us would get a 40 for the shower before going out Friday night. And we would just kind of, you know, you're all standing there in the showers like talking. They're shower stalls individually, but you can talk to one another. So we just kind of enjoy our 40s and chug our uh, chug our beers and then get ready for the night out. Schlitz or Old English? Uh, occasionally Ice House, but generally uh, Miller High Life, the champagne of beers. Yes, I, I can vouch that so, that is, in fact, the champagne I mean, of beers. Somebody's got to call in and, and say they've had a shower beer, right? This is not weird. 336-777-1600. Let's see if Kanan can vouch for that. Kanan and High Point, you're on the sports hub. Kanan, have you ever had a shower beer? Of course, and it is the best thing, and I do think that it is probably a cultural divide because I actually have noticed that among my friends. But it is the best and it does have to be a cheap beer. What, what is your go-to cheap beer, Kanan? Bush Ice. Thank you for the phone call, Kanan. Appreciate that. Woo, Bush brave, Ice. My brave God. man. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking rubbing alcohol over there. My goodness. I've learned a lot. I mean, you. <laughs> <laughs> We're At Sports Hub Triad on Twitter, <laughs> if you care to chime in that way as well. Brant Wilkerson New from the Greensboro News and Record in with us. Virginia won the national championship earlier this week. I really don't see any circumstance I'd pick against Virginia in the ACC next year. I understand Louisville had a great recruiting class. They have a lot of players going back, coming back, and Chris Mack had an excellent year. I understand Duke has Trey Jones coming back. Zion Williamson hasn't made it official. He's going to the NBA. So as of right now, we can assume he's coming back, right? Yeah, abs- absolutely. He said he's going to miss R.J. Barrett in his post when he congratulated him. So what, what does that mean? You, you got to read into that. Duke, let's just assume, even though it might be reckless for us to do so, that Zion Williamson's not going to be on Duke next year. Yeah, he's, he's not going to be there. 
Who do you think leaves off Virginia? If we can assume lottery pick DeAndre Hunter does, that's fine. Do you think Kyle Guy or Ty Jerome leaves? Um, I think Ty Jerome could leave. Okay, let's say Ty Jerome does leave then. If he could, let's say he does, I think Kyle Guy returns. Do do you? Yes. So if Kyle Guy's back, is there any circumstance you see yourself picking against Virginia next year? I mean, I think that if Ty Jerome leaves, you could make an argument that Virginia is not going to be the best team because they're breaking in so many different parts. Are they? Here's what the starting five would be likely if Virginia lost Ty Jerome for next year and also DeAndre Hunter. Kihei Clark, point guard, Kyle Guy, shooting guard, Braxton Key, three, uh, Mamadi Diakite, four, and Jay Huff, who, statistically, this is a fact, the only person that dunked on Zion Williamson this year, Jay Huff, is going to be starting at the five. And he paid dearly for that. He did. Later that game. Remember remember, uh, Zion can't go left was a thing? Oh, yeah, that was great. Until Zion... Saw Jay Huff and said, "How's this for my right?" That uh, that lineup you just read out that didn't instill fear in the hearts of anyone. How is that lineup going to be any different than what we saw this year? Isn't that basically the same type Braxton of lineup? Key. They, Braxton they had Key two was years the ago? leading rebounder from the Virginia Cavaliers coming off the bench. Braxton Key, and you know they're going to bring in better players now that they won the national title and they've lost players. Like the the system has been validated. And now they're going to get more NBA talent attached to it. Kihei Clark is going to be better than freshman Kihei Clark. Kyle Guy is probably going to be a better shooter than he was this past season. And Mamadi Diakite is probably going to be the guy who takes another big jump. And we start saying, wow, he really resembles Malcolm Brogdon or DeAndre Hunter. Or dare I say, he resembles a Justin Anderson type. I mean, we, I mean, I don't think that. Um, Jack Salt's not the biggest of losses to me. I don't think that Virginia needs to have NBA-type players to make their system work. Actually, I think if you start bringing in those kind of guys, the system doesn't work as well anymore. You know, you almost need that chip on your shoulder But you grudge, just, But all the guys I just mentioned to, to you guy. are those guys, and you just said it didn't strike any fear in your heart. It doesn't. Virginia never strikes fear in your heart. All they do is beat your ass every single game. They're, they're, You're going to uh, lose three ACC games in two years when the ACC's at its best. Four of the last six years, Virginia's won. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it's been the same damn Virginia team every single year. It's been the same team, hasn't it? Absolutely. And Kihei Clark, a lot of people said that he couldn't play at this level, and uh, he goes out and saves them in an NCAA tournament game. Comes a starter, and, you know, I I agree with you on that front. The thing is, is uh, you don't know exactly how Jay Huff is going to translate in there and exactly how... They're going to kind of, I mean, it's tough to lose a lottery pick in DeAndre Hunter. Ty Jerome's going to be a first-round pick. And not that you could say you would pick against them. They're going to be really good by the end of the year, but I'm not sure exactly if they're going to be a preseason number one pick. Who would you pick out of these two teams, Duke and Virginia? Trey Jones at the one, Boogie Ellis slash Alex O'Connell at the two, Wendell Moore three, Jack White slash Marquise Bolden at the four, and uh, Vernon Carey playing the five, Virginia, that five I gave you of Clark, Guy, Key, Diakite, and Huff. At present, I would pick Virginia between those two teams, but also Duke is still trying to land Matthew Hurt, who is mm-hmm. the best available player in the recruiting class, and who knows what they're going to pull off as far as grad transfers. I know they have not taken a player of that nature yet, but there's a pretty clear need that Duke could go out there and, and find some shooting if they're not going to get it all from Matthew Hurd as a freshman. Virginia is a reliable, sure thing. 
something you know when you go to, it's going to pay off. It's going to be satisfying. Kind of like a shower beer or ham in the shower. You are listening to WSGS Winston-Salem, WCOG Greensboro, WPCM Burlington, and WMFR High Point. Come on! Let's go! You're on The Drive with Josh Graham, The The Sports Sports Hub, at AM 600, AM 920. Brant Wilkerson New from the Greensboro News and Record hanging out with us. Can't make it to Augusta? Well, golf's first major is on wall-to-wall TVs from every angle. And they're on every angle on every TV pretty much. At Twin Peaks. Catch all the masters at Twin Peaks, Haynes Ball Boulevard. In Winston-Salem, Twin Peaks eats drinks. Scenic views. This stat here from Duke basketball is crazy to me. Duke played 26 games on ESPN this year. Averaging... 2.23 million viewers per telecast. To put that in perspective, the NBA averaged 1.99 million viewers for its combined 101 telecasts on ESPN and ABC. The Duke effect. Hot take. Zion should come back. He's going to get more viewers at Duke. I, I, do, I do think <laughs> that Zion Williamson was the biggest star in basketball on the East Coast this year. No question about it, even. Like, I mean, there's yes. no other player who played twice a week on ESPN other than Zion Williamson. LeBron was on the West Coast. Golden State on the West Coast. They're playing games at 1030 at night. Nobody's watching those really on the East Coast. So Zion was the biggest star this year, unless you'd argue, argue Kyrie Irving, and I certainly won it no. with the season that the Boston Celtics were having. I My thought from the start of the year is that Zion Williamson is the second most famous basketball player on the planet right now. I would go as far to say that too. I really would. I'm burnt out on Zion Williamson. I really. I am. know you are. No, Des, no. I know you are. No, I've, all year, I've said I love Zion Williamson. I know, but you didn't mean it. No, I did mean it. I still love the kid and his play. I, I, I love his smile, like his his work ethic, all of it. But I am so tired of hearing his name everywhere I go. It's it's bigger than when LeBron came out in '03. Like it's just. I, you know, I changed my mind from what you said yesterday. I hope Atlanta does draft him, so that way I don't have to see him but twice a year. This mother bleepin' Josh Graham better stop talking about Zion Williamson, or else I'll stick a knife in his neck. I can't stand. I can't stand when Josh constantly brings up Zion. It's not the Duke effect. It's the Zion effect. All my friends, all my, Car- my fellow Carolina fans, they wonder, how you put up with Josh? How do you do this when it's certain that him and Dickie V are both Duke homers? Oh, don't bring up Dickie V on a Friday. Don't do it. Josh clearly loves the Blue Devils. That's why he talks about him. I'm sick of Zion. I don't want to see him play my Tarios again. I never really got a chance to see him play. Get my him Tarios. away. Get him away from my college basketball. He's a great kid. Wish all the good things in life happened to him. So just wait for 82 games next year. Yeah. 82 games. You ain't playing 82 games. Not at 285. Whichever Nike or Adidas gives him the bajillion dollar contract and starts running, they might start at their own channel just to run his commercials. Does anybody <laughs> actually believe when Des says he loves Zion Williamson? I do. I'm the only one that counts in that question, isn't it? 
I turn Aaron, do you buy it? I would just like to see Zion come back so I could see Dez's face. Oh, Come back to Duke? Yeah. That would be great. Just to see your reaction. It might be the same reaction he had when he learned on the air that Kobe White was leaving, and he nearly stormed out of the studio. I almost threw a chair through that window because I found (laughs) – Chris Lee told me during the show (laughs) that he was leaving. Um, Now, if if Zion came back to Duke, Duke would be my frontrunner for the national championship. Really? Yeah. I mean, you'd have a sophomore Zion coming back. You'd have the top freshman class in the country coming in, and you'd have a sophomore point guard – which I have said for three years, Duke needed experience at point guard to win a national championship. They'd have everything they would need. They have not had a returning point guard since thirteen fourteen when Quinn Cook played point guard for two years. Yep. It's insane. And who was the senior point guard on the last national championship team Duke had? Quinn Cook. Tyus Jones. No, who was the senior point guard? Oh, oh the senior point guard. Yeah. Well, Quinn Cook kind of moved off the ball, but he was still the same They're guy. They were doing gotcha. both, yeah. Um, Brant Wilkerson... Is an interesting cat. <laughs> That's one my, way of putting it. <laughs> one of my favorite people to have in here. Jose writes in, more Brant Wilkerson new. We need a new weekly segment. Make it happen. Brant, he oh, always has off-the-wall ideas every time he comes in. It feels like he wants to nuke the normal, the norms of sports radio. And that is part of the reason I like Brant. Brant is, he, he is an anarchist in many ways. And... He comes in here and brings fresh ideas, and when he comes into the studio, it's generally uh, unique content that comes out of it. One time he came up to me and said that we should do a bet, and the loser drinks a 40. Then he lost the bet and never drank that 40. So we need to figure out what the punishment is now for Brant since he didn't go forth on the bet. And at some point, I feel like he needs to pay for doing uh, a bet on the air and losing that bet. But putting that aside for a second... He also has put on social media that we should talk about the college bars national championship that East Carolina's sup dogs won. I'm not very interested in talking about that, believe it or not. But then Brant says we need to talk about Josh's love life on the air. That's something that we need to do. Hmm. But funny enough, it wouldn't be the first time there was a segment of that sort out there. I have no interest in doing that segment, but I have dug up old audio from back when I was doing radio in Greenville, America, in eastern North Carolina. There was a host by the name of Mark Paschal, who is doing an excellent job on one of the biggest signals in the state of North Carolina, out in the eastern part of the state. He does a morning show and does an excellent job. I used to be an East Carolina football reporter who would come on his show, answer all the questions he would have about what's happening with the Pirates, but just to throw me off, him being an anarchist a little bit too, he would ask me something to try and throw me off my game. And one of these times, he asked me about my love life. Hey, Josh, what's going on with your love life? I didn't know how to respond. So that became a bit over there. And every single week, he would ask me about my love life, which then led to an Eastern North Carolina band creating what you're about to hear now. It's time for the Josh Graham Love Life Update. That is a band called Mad Cobra. What did we just hear? What is this? I didn't even hear that in the prep. What is this? Every single week I would do a Love Life Update. There wouldn't be a lot going on back then. Hey, I was on Bumble and Tinder. And nothing happened. <laughs> that would be the degree of these love life updates. 
<laughs> but speaking of punishments, this is something that I think you could add to the list, right? I do not want to do this, but if I lose a bet, Love Life Update for a month, once a week, is pretty awful. Just like you singing karaoke and Brant trying to drink a 40, which he still hasn't done. The 40 thing, we got to find out rules and regulations from Raleigh on whether or not we can have someone drinking on air. Let's not do that. (laughs) Because I think that could be the best way to do it. Let's not do that. We could have somebody really quickly grab a 40 before we go off the air, and then after it's all said and done, we could put out a video on our social media. No, but you already did that. That That, that failed. You got to go harder than that this time. It needs to be like, like, I don't know, like, you almost need to go stand in the middle of Main Street and do it. can do it. I have news for you. (laughs) I am going to Wilmington this weekend. And you know what happens in Wilmington. I don't. Nothing Uh, good. Beach. (laughs) Nothing good. There's going to be a baseball tailgate tomorrow. A UNCW baseball? Wow. Tailgate? The 40 will be handled. So wait, the one you have in your fridge right now? Yeah. I bought two of them together at the same time. Is there going to be a video? There will be a video. So it's another OE? It's an OE. I'll look for a Schlitz if that'll make it better. If that'll make this right. I I saw how bad the OE was. It's pretty awful. Oh, he's like drinking like three-year-old furniture varnish. It's like, pretty awful. It's, I'm going to make the ruling and say the OE is fine. If he could finish a bottle of OE, chugging it, that's impressive. We're talking about getting through a fourth of it. He got through a fourth of it. If he can get through all of it. That's not impressive. Oh, it is. A fourth of, uh, a fourth of Old English isn't impressive. That's, no, no, that's no. pre-game. No, no, no. That's the fourth pre-game. was not impressive. I if he can do the entire thing. <laughs> I embarrass it, myself impressive. and my family. Does he have a time limit or something? Or he can nurse it? What, what's going on with that? Five minutes? Ten minutes? Three five minutes, minutes and ten seconds. The length of one shining moment. Let's go five minutes. Oh, my God. There's no way. I mean, it's come impossible. On. It's impossible. Five minutes? Five minutes. You can't drink 40 in five minutes. He'll ten die. minutes. He'll die. I won't feel well. Ten minutes. That's what Ten happens when you die. <laughs> You're going to die. Ten you minutes. Can't, you can't do this. Can you do it in ten minutes? No, he can't. He physically can't drink a 40 in ten minutes. I don't I don't think he can drink a 40 in a day. Yeah. Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so somewhere between ten minutes and a day is where we are right now. It's got to figure this out. It's not going to happen in ten minutes. Even the strongest between can't do it in ten minutes. Between ten minutes and a day. I think I can make that happen. <laughs> I don't know. That video clip, that was a pathetic attempt. <laughs> well, I was, I, it was very you know, embarrassing. They were like then, stunned by the taste. And then Josh took a sip, and I thought he was going to pass out. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were in here bawling. It tasted we were, we were, awful. <laughs> you don't drink it for the taste. You drink it to get messed up. Like, that's the whole point. <laughs> See, hey, we played, you guys both went to college. Have you played touch and go before? What's touch and go? Touch and go. So touch and go would be basically, imagine there's a bottle of Old English between you and Brent right there on the table. You open it up. You take two swigs. You put it on the table. You slide it to Brent. Brent takes two swigs. He puts it on the table. He slides it back to you. You do that until one of you says, stop. Please stop. (laughs) And then that's touch and go. It works better when it's tequila, but that's how we used to get through 40s. Oh, my God. How did you do it that game? I was awesome. Oh, I feel fantastic. like we're we're really educating the uh, the listeners today on, on ways that they can destroy their lives. <laughs> We've got well to make up for that. We Ask have we have the um, life hack Friday coming up momentarily. So that's something you can look forward to in just a bit. Life hack Friday is one of our favorite segments that we do. You can tweet the show at Sports Hub Triad three three six seven 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 one six hundred. Yes, Des. But we never we never settled what Brett's supposed to do. Like what. What's going to happen with this 40 now? 
I'm going to drink it tomorrow before the baseball game. <laughs> How much time? Between yeah. ten between ten minutes and twenty three hours. <laughs> Taking it over. Probably what's what's a, what's an adequate time for one person that doesn't normally drink four hours to get through one? An out? No, it's going to start tasting really bad. Yeah, yeah. That's the, about, that's the problem with the forty is you gotta you gotta get your pacing right because it either hot. it's going to be thirty minutes too warm or you're going to vomit from drinking too much too quickly. That's thirty exactly minutes is the number. I think thirty might be right around right around. I was thinking a comfortable, but even thirty minutes, it's you're be, really having a haul to to get it in. It's going to be a bit warm in thirty minutes. We'll see what happens. You better finish it in 30 minutes folks, then. Folks, we'll see what happens. I mean, if he doesn't, I mean, nothing's going to happen. But <laughs> I mean, what happens if he doesn't finish it in 30 minutes? Brant is going to be barred from coming to this show. <laughs> Josh is going to citizen's arrest me. <laughs> Deservedly so. Citizen's arrest. Deservedly so that would happen. I- I'm seeing that Luke Walton is parting ways officially with the Los Angeles Lakers. They should hire Bill Walton. That would be musty TV. Rob Palinka is still going to run the coaching search, according to according to Ramona Shelburne. Remember, Magic Johnson stepped down as the president of basketball operations earlier in the week. Adrian Wojnarowski says that Ty Lue is one of the leading candidates right now. So there is a lot happening in the NBA, and the Los Angeles Lakers, per usual, right at the center of what's happening in in, uh, in the NBA. So we'll see if LeBron James does, in fact, recruit Ty Lue to join the Lakers and if they can get anybody else during this offseason. I personally don't care about the Lakers right now because the playoffs are about to start, and it's the first time that the playoffs had some really some real drama in it in probably the last three years. Three or four years. The first time LeBron James has not played in the finals since what? First time LeBron hasn't been in the playoffs since 2005. Yeah. It's been, uh, yeah, what, eight years? Candy Shop by 50 Cent was the number one song in America, and people still had iPods. Did you ever have an iPod? I did not. I I went with the uh, the poor MP3 player like route. And it was always a bad thing. Oh, investment. the Zune? I had not, a Zune. Not the Zune. It was like just the crappy off-brand ones that always broke really quickly. I had a Zune. It randomized three or four different songs. <laughs> One of those songs was Run It by Chris Brown. I get really excited when it came on. Problematic. And Breezy's banned from the show. Let me go through the list of people who are canceled. Chris, Br- Chris Brown canceled. Michael Jackson. What? Michael Jackson canceled. It's, I mean, it's, it's... No, he's not canceled. No. Is R. Kelly canceled? I think R. Kelly's got to be canceled. He, he's still... See, the difference is I he's still love alive. I Believe I Can Fly. That's just one song. <laughs> That's one can song. Can I still love that song? You can love the song. We're talking about the rest of his catalog. Oh, I mean, Ignition. Here's the hot take. This is the hottest take I've got. Ignition, the original song, is better than the remix to Ignition. Ooh. Wow. wow. That's I've the hottest take I got. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Give me deliver that, that take was... <laughs> one more time. Deliver it with a little bit of oomph in it. Give me a little bit of oomph with that take real quickly, Brant Wilkerson new. Ignition the original better than the remix to Ignition. Oh, no! I've never heard that before. My god! That's R. Kelly's music. We've got Life Hack Friday, and it's next. You can't see me, my time is now.